as women especially but as humans in general we have lost touch with the fact that we are meant to create things are you a mom with a story to tell but not sure where to start publishing a book is kind of overwhelming now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these Mums Write. Hey Mums, are you interested in building up different revenue streams to help you transition out of your day job and into a full-time writing life. Sarah Riley is a mom who recently left her career as a school teacher and is now building up a writing business through ghost writing and editing in addition to her own fiction writing. In this episode, Sarah shares how she's building up her business and also how her new writing life is giving her more joy and freedom than she ever thought possible. Please welcome Sarah Riley. Hello, Sarah. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Hello. Thanks for having me. I know you have a lot going on in your life as a mom as well, but what are you most excited about in terms of your writing and that side of the house? Uh, well, I um, just wrapped up a really fun weekend um, here in my hometown. We do a um, literary arts festival every year. This is the third year, and they invited me to come on as a planner this year, which was really cool. And um, so we just finished that up, and um, uh, so I'm really excited about connecting with other writers and um using some of what I've learned from their writing process to kind of help clarify my own a little bit and and getting myself challenged a little bit better to get back into writing instead of um thinking about all the chores and things around the house that I should do instead you know (laughs) yeah so tell me more about your writing because I first was intrigued by your experience in ghostwriting yeah so my um Experience with ghostwriting is kind of minimal at this point, but it was, um, I answered an ad, you know, (laughs) people are always looking for things that you wouldn't even imagine people are looking for, you know, and um, this person wanted some help to tell uh, the story that they had in their mind, but they didn't feel like they had the skills Uh, to put it into sort of a cohesive form. Mm. So over the period of about six or seven months, I think it, it took us between, you know, life getting in the way for each of us, because this, this person is still, um, uh, was finishing up a postgraduate program and um, they were pretty busy also, but we, um, we took this uh, inkling of an idea that they had and turned it into a, a full blown story so So that was really cool yeah that sounds super cool so it was a a memoir or nonfiction or a a fiction it's fiction it's a young adult uh coming of age uh story that you know i can't really say any more than that but it was Mm. um it was really neat to to kind of take some of my experiences with um 
we we delved into some mental health things, some school related things, and I was a teacher before I became more of a full time writer. That background I think really helped because um, as a teacher you have to have a little bit of psychology also, and mm-hmm. so I was able to use a little bit of that. And, um, but it was cool because I think the most fun thing about it was that where I struggle is coming up with the initial idea for my own stories. And so this person already had that mapped out a little bit and I just got to fill in the blanks and that was really neat. Yeah. And then do I assume that they, they pay you for the work, but that the intellectual property and all of that resides with them. Is that how it works? Yes. Yep. And this particular project, I, I actually probably should have charged a whole lot more than I did, but I had so much fun with it. And, um, just, it was nice to kind of make a connection um, as we were creating the story, you know? So I actually have been meaning to check into this with this person and see if they published it yet or if they were planning on publishing it because I'm, I'm curious how it does, you know? Yeah. And what, like I am terrible with negotiating around money and I don't even want to say that because I feel like it's a cliche to say an excuse, but it is something that I struggle with. And was that part hard for you uh, identifying like how much you're going to charge for a ghostwriting project? Uh, Yes and no. Um, The no is because they actually, this person had put the amount they were willing to pay in their job advertisement. And um my hardest part as a writer is the marketing. I hate marketing. Mm. If I could just write and somebody else do the, you know, technical, like selling it stuff, then I'd be totally happy. So I was kind of excited um, Mm. about the fact that there was um, a set dollar amount that I was going to make off this story, you know? Um, Because when I write my own, if I'm not doing any marketing, I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially, I just thought, "Hey, cool. Um, this is this is good. I'll make some money from this." Um, and then I started looking into what people actually earn from ghostwriting, and I thought, "Oh, wow, this is uh, far less than what a lot of people are paying for this kind of work." Um, but like I said, it ended up in this situation ended up being okay because I really enjoyed the person that I was working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't tedious. And at no point did I feel like, well, gee, I shouldn't have done this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but now I have some knowledge. And so I've on my website, I've set some prices and um, it's probably overpriced now for my experience, but I figure it's always easier to offer a discount or negotiate down than it is to go- negotiate up. <laughs> So that is, um, I think, such a, a smart way of earning money. And I think what you said about marketing really resonates. I know that with a lot of mom writers and probably women writers and maybe just writers in general, marketing mm-hmm. is a huge anxiety point. And so that you could have some ghostwriting projects on the go where you know that you're going to earn this amount of money from this project is like a real right. nice way right, to like supplement uh, your work in the way that you don't, you know, you won't have to do marketing around it. It's just uh, money coming in. Yeah. And then I just get to write. And I know, I mean, it can be restrictive working with somebody else's ideas because you're right. It is their intellectual property. Um, and ultimately they have uh, complete control over it. But when you've got a good partner you're working with, um, 
that part doesn't matter so much. Uh, you know, if you're able to communicate well with each other and, and there were a couple of times when, you know, I'd, I, I've said, Hey, I really don't think this is working. Um, or this subplot or, you know, scene or whatever just doesn't make sense for who the character is or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was met with a, oh, gosh, you're right. Let's not do that. And other times it was, uh, no, but I really like this. So we're going to do it anyway. Mm. So, um, you know, that part can be a little bit tricky, too, um, depending on who you're working with. You know, like I said, if you've got a good um, partner in the project, uh, then they hopefully will take your expertise into account as the storyteller. And then you can consider their expertise in whatever the subject is that they've chosen. Right. And it works well. Yeah. So that's a good point um, because we do still want to, I think, enjoy the writing experience because it sounds like the risk could be if you did ghost writing with clients that you didn't enjoy working with and you didn't have a good relationship communication that it could just become more work. And I know for a lot of the listeners of this podcast, one of the, the things that you're often the the writers I talk to have already had a career like yourself and writing is intended to hope to be something that they can do and earn money from, but they're actually really enjoying in a different way that maybe, you know, your first career Mm -hmm. was. And so I guess that could be a risk is that you start, it just feels like more work. Right. Oh yeah. No, I, I, um, you know, I loved being in the classroom and I loved the, the work that went with that and the kids and all of that. But when I write, um, I just want to create something, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be worried all the time about what somebody else is going to think about it. And that's why my own writing is, um, not genre specific. You know, I don't just write, uh, romance or thrillers or cozy mysteries or, or whatever. I just kind of write whatever comes into my head. Um, because I don't like being restricted all the time, but then also other times I miss some of that structure of working for somebody. And then that's where ghostwriting can be nice because then somebody can just say, okay, here's what I need you to do. And then I just, you know, clock in clock out <laughs> you know in that sense and just do the work so yeah. it is a different approach for sure yeah and it's it, uh, it's so interesting because I feel like when we talk about giving up your day job and you know being a full-time you know insert creative craft here it could be writing it could yeah. be podcasting it could be um, painting uh, it's always about escaping I think that part of it is escaping that structure, right? Where you're working for somebody and you're, you know, maybe one of many and you're not fulfilling your vision, you're fulfilling someone else's vision. But I I do like that idea of what you mentioned there with ghostwriting is that you can have a little bit of that because sometimes that is actually a kind of a comfortable space to be in. It's like a break from what can be a pretty overwhelming and exhausting experience of like running your own writing business. Right. Yeah, that's what I enjoy about it. Mm-hmm. So have you done more projects since then? Or what's that side of looking like? Um, I've done a couple of other projects through um, like ghostwriting companies. Um, and then they hire writers to do the work. I didn't enjoy that as much um, because they tend to be more 
nonfiction focused, um, which I don't mind. Um, but the pay for those is just really disgustingly low. Oh. Um, so um, it, it ended up being a lot more pressure, um, more um, quick turnaround deadlines where, you know, if, if there was something else going on in my life that week, uh, I was maybe not going to be able to get um, everything done on time. And, and just so much, I don't know, it took the fun out of it because of the way it was structured. So um, I haven't done it in a while. I kind of, I'm in a group um, on Facebook for um, people who are looking for ghostwriters and, and I chime in once in a while, if it looks like there's a project that, that I might enjoy. Um, But I kind of, in the last, I don't know, six months or so really have stepped back from writing a little, Mm. Um, you know, our, brains get overloaded and life happens and I just kind of I don't know I kind kind of got out of it for a little bit here so Mm -hmm. um you know in between baking cupcakes for birthday parties and uh you know I I edit also um which I really love um so you know sometimes my own writing is sort of an afterthought (laughs) I remember hearing once a long time ago at a writer's conference that a writer should diversify their stable. And I feel like that sounds like exactly what you're doing between ghostwriting, editing, and then your own writing. Can you tell me about like how the the editing side of your author business, how did that come about? Uh, Well, it was kind of one of those things that was sort of born of necessity. Uh, Again, I don't like to market my work and wasn't making any money um writing because i just don't you know have the the skill set um and uh, um so uh i just kind of I, my background of course is in education i taught uh english uh so i taught reading and writing um so i had that knowledge and understanding um and then i just kind of decided like my so my dad's an author also um and uh, I was doing work for him just kind of for free because, you know, he's my dad. And uh, he said, you're really good at this. And, um, you know, I was catching things that some of his other editors weren't seeing. And and he said, well, why don't you just go ahead and start editing and, and turn it into a business and, and, you know, you can make some money that way, make some connections. And uh, I discovered that I learned a whole lot about the writing process looking at it from the other direction too. So, Mm. um, so that's really kind of been my passion a lot lately is helping other writers. Like where would you come in on the process? Anywhere you want, actually. Mm. Um, I have worked as a coach, I guess, um, with developmental editing. Um, And then I've done, uh, you know, my favorite two are developmental editing and copy editing. Um, because they focus on the story structure and the word choice. Um, The grammar and punctuation part of it just kind of, um, I can do it and I I do enjoy it, but that's not where my passion is for it. Um, I prefer to do fiction uh, because, uh, partly because I like to be a little bit of a rule breaker. And so, you know, you use the Chicago Manual of Style and uh, there's a rule, but 
the the rule doesn't necessarily fit sometimes, or it might be more effective uh, as a storyteller to break the rules. Um, you know, use a comma where it doesn't belong or start a sentence with and or but, which, you know, all of our English teachers told us for 12 years, don't do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, fiction is more fun. Nonfiction is, uh, can be tricky if I don't know the topic. Um, so I have to learn also so that I make sure that, um, you know, if I'm, I'm editing a manual on how to, um, I don't know how to change the engine in your car. I need to make sure that I'm familiar enough with the terms um, so that I don't tell them to change something that's not actually wrong. <laughs> what you are focused on right now is, is the editing. Is that true? Yeah. Cause it's, uh, it's also, it's rewarding in a different way. Mm. Um, I, I like to be able to um, help uh, other writers grow. So it kind of goes back to my teaching roots, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like for someone who is just starting out in that area, how did you like get clients and build up that business? Facebook has been really good for that, mm. um, actually. Um, so I can find... So the, the various writing groups on Facebook, uh, some of them are really great about allowing you to say, um, you know, hey, I need an editor. And um, sometimes you can say, hey, I am an editor. Um, and then other times you say, hey, I know an editor. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've got a few people who we just kind of pass each other's names back and forth because we've worked together and we know um, each other's quality of work. Like my personal editor and I uh, job swap. I edit for her. She edits for me um, uh, on our own writing. So we just use these Facebook groups to find uh, clients. And then I've also used um, Upwork, which um, kind of can be similar to some of the um, companies for ghostwriting and stuff. You don't make as much money. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people who are looking for cheap work quick. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it is a place to find work also. Um, and then uh, some People are able to use Readsy. I've not been able to break into the Readsy list, I guess, yet um, because they prefer to have editors who've worked with big publishing houses or have edited bestsellers. And, um, you know, I live in the middle of Wyoming and there's no publishing companies here. And <laughs> the, the authors that I've worked with are also not real great at marketing. Uh, some of them have really incredible books. Um, but they don't market it. Um, so they, they probably will never reach bestseller status just because almost nobody does really. But there's a lot of different ways out there to, to find clients. And then word of mouth is really good too. I, I find it so fascinating that over and over, like the story that I hear is of women in our age bracket who have built a career and another area and now are pivoting to something else. Like when you look back at your career in teaching and now you are primarily working in, you know, editing, writing, ghostwriting, what do you feel that this new career offers you that you was different than teaching? Oh, golly, a lot. Um, I have kids of my own. Um, 
One of them is 11 today and the other will be 13 in two weeks. Um, so when I was teaching, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with them. Mm. Um, so now I have flexibility in my schedule. Um, if the kids have something going on, I can just tell myself, no, I'm not working today and I don't have to, um, you know, and then I can also work in the middle of the night if I can't sleep or, you know, whatever that it's just really my own schedule. Um, I also really like the fact that um, I don't have to answer to anybody else. Most of the time, if I'm editing or ghostwriting, obviously I do have um, somebody that I'm responsible to, um, but it's not the same as a boss who's going to come in and check your work every day and just micromanage things. Um, so it's just really nice to have that freedom and flexibility, but I really also love just being able to create things. Um, I think as women, especially, but as humans in general, we have lost touch with the fact that we are meant to create things and it doesn't matter what it is that you're creating. Sometimes it's uh, a story. Sometimes it's a song. Sometimes it's a painting. Um, you know, sometimes it's a, you're going to sit down and crochet a blanket for somebody, but, you know, uh, making a meal for people that you love, all of that is creating things. Um, so this is just really, let me get back to, um, the heart of humanity, I guess, in a lot of ways. Yeah, that was beautiful. And I loved that there was the adorable little voice in the background. I know. <laughs> I've got my friend's four-year-old here, and she's chasing the dogs around with Legos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of life right there, right? It is. It's like yeah. what you were talking about, you know, being part of that as well and having those moments. And... Right. Baking the cupcakes. <laughs> right. For, for the birthday party. You know, we haven't talked much about your writing. So how much like how much time do you get to spend towards your own creative outlets? And you mentioned that you write across different genres, so I won't pin you to mm -hmm. one. Uh yeah. So it just comes in spurts. Uh sometimes I will sit and write for hours. And sometimes I won't write for months. Um, I'm trying something new. I have a friend who is a, a musician and um, he's going to help me uh, with some songwriting. Um, so I've been working on lyrics um, and they just, I just write them down when they come to me. I don't, those are something I don't want to force at all. Um, but I've, I tried this challenge for myself last year and I'm doing it again this year, just a little less restrictive, but there's um, for uh, artists, there's Inktober where they do um, a prompt a day and then they do a drawing every day for the month of October. And so I, uh, sorry, I'm trying to go away from the, the loud child, but she just wants to be where I am, which is fine. Um, but uh <laughs> Anyway, so last year I did the Inktober and I did four or five days in a row and then realized that forcing myself to write a thousand plus word story every single day for 30 days um, just felt like too much. Um, so I'm trying it again this year, but I am just going to write and going to try to do one a week mm. um, because then that'll give me time to go back and really 
look at the story and see where I can help it grow and turn into something better. Um, what I did with the stories I did last year was combine them with some poetry that I have been working on uh, and published it as a poetry and short story collection. Um, so that was kind of neat. But I figure if I do that again this year, uh, but I don't set that time limit, um, then I can hopefully uh, have enough for another uh, short story collection. Okay. So it sounds like in your creative writing side, you kind of play a lot. I don't, I don't like rules and structure very much because they're hard to follow. And then I feel like I failed if I, you know, mess something up or, or miss something like last year when I was doing the Inktober and I, you know, like I said, I did like five or six days in a row and then I didn't for a couple of days and then it felt just overwhelming mm. to try to catch up. And then it felt like, like I failed. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls we get ourselves into as creative people is as long as you're creating something, you didn't fail, you know, it just might not look exactly how you wanted it to look. So I just figure if I just don't have any rules at all, <laughs> then I, um, you know, just kind of do what I, what feels right. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that it's a great reminder that I think what draws us all to this work, you know, regardless of like what the specific is that desire to create. And so if you don't put too many rules on yourself, then you can be more likely to not stifle that. Like get out of your right. own way. I think I've heard that said before, like just get out of your own way. Yep. Awesome. So what would be yep. one piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you were first thinking about you, know, you were in your teacher role and you were feeling for a change and but possibly weren't quite sure yet. Shoot. Hold on, my dog just took off. <laughs> Patty, shut the door, please. Leo. Leo, come here, baby. Come here, babe. Um, okay, so the advice that I would give myself is just to trust and um, not have any expectations. Um, because if I, my choice to leave teaching wasn't actually a choice. I had some health issues. Mm. Um, but if I was able to choose to leave, I don't think I would have. Um, because mm. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I was good enough. Um, and there's something in our society about um, thinking that artists can be lazy, I guess, because we have a different process to our work. Um, so I think the most important thing would just be to, to go for it and trust the process, trust that you have the skills and, and just go for what you love. Awesome. Thanks so much for letting me hop into your morning and letting the listeners in on the on this lot going on this morning. But I think this Yeah, is sorry about that. No, I love it. I think it's I mean you're making cupcakes, you're babysitting, your dog just ran out the door. I think it's a beautiful example of like what you know, you can do more than you're capable of. You know, multitasking is definitely one of our superpowers as moms. Yes, it is. <laughs>
yeah, where can people catch up with you? Uh, so I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram, Sarah Riley author. And then uh, my website is uh, sarahreilly.com. And it's S-A-R-A-H-R-E-I-L-L-E-Y. Lots of extra letters. And then um, my email is mountainroseediting at Gmail. So people can find me there. And then everything that I do for writing is linked somewhere in all of that. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. Okay. We'll put uh, links to those also in the show notes. So people don't need to write it down, but they can if they're good at that in their brain. Okay. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's been such a blast. Thank you. Have a great day. Hope you enjoyed that show, which more than any episode, I think was just such a fun snapshot and glimpse into the craziness and wonderfulness of being a writing mom. It's definitely the first time I've had a dog escape on one of the podcasts. Anyway, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, if you hate marketing, ghost writing can be a great way to earn money from your writing, but note that it can be very prescriptive and demanding depending on your client. Number two, if you are interested in ghostwriting, make sure to check out what other writers are charging. Sarah mentioned that she has some prices listed on her website because you don't want to be undercharging. Also note that timelines can be a factor when setting your prices. Number three, another option for writing adjacent work is editing, which we talked about last week. Um, It may not be as creative as ghostwriting in some senses, but it also does have the advantage of giving you more control over the process. Number four, sites like Facebook, Upwork, and Readsy can help you connect with clients for editing and ghostwriting, but note that if you are not coming from a big publishing house, then Readsy may be a little hard to break into as an editor. And number five, never underestimate how important it is to have some form of creativity in your life, whatever that looks like. Thanks for listening. I will put a link to Sarah's website in the show notes. If you can take a moment now to rate or review this podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would be super helpful. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.